and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are going to look at the elements. The elements surround us. They make up our entire world. And most paths or practices tell us there are four basic elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Some paths add spirits, spirit or ether as an element, and others may consider other elements like wood or metal. But right now we're just going to focus on the five, earth, air, fire, and water. And here, <laughs> magic comes from us and from our will and our intent, but sometimes we need a little bit of help visualizing and or tapping into that power. The elements can help us tap into the power of the realms that the element represents. And the elements are indeed very, very powerful. So the first one we're going to talk about is earth. Earth is the power of the mother. It's nurturing. Um, in many, many cultures, in many, sorry, in many myths across many cultures, uh, there's the, the myth or a concept of the hero <laughs> returning to the womb of the earth. Think, think Persephone, um, who goes into the underworld for part of the year. And in her time in that, in the underworld, the earth is resting and getting ready for the growth of the spring when she comes out of the underworld. Often earth represents material world and material abundance or scarcity. And the energy of the earth is very receptive and grounding. Yeah, <clears throat> places you can go to practice earth-based ma earth magic are going to be places like caves, forests, farms, groves, your own backyard, a nursery, either a plant nursery or a baby nursery, basements, your kitchen, places like that. Uh, I'm going to list a couple, a few correspondences for building altars dedicated to earth, to all of the elements. Um, as always, go with your instincts because your magic is your magic. Your sacred space is your sacred space. But when you're building an earth altar, think heavy, think weighted, things like opaque stones. Uh, <laughs> we would work. Yeah, actually. Um coal like coal or hematite almost any metal will work but especially things like iron or lead think of dressing your altar in greens and oranges and those rustic fall tones salt would go great on an earth altar as well as a pentacle or and any rocks and i don't know a single witch that doesn't just collect rocks like rocks like come on name a witch that goes out on a hike and doesn't come home <gasps> look at the pretty rock i found <laughs> uh, the the element earth is associated with the direction north with the season of winter and night deep night and the sense of touch now that's an interesting since the the colors are more the fall i would have thought autumn but i guess since the direction north that makes sense that it's winter and yeah, I frequently mess up the directions that they all go in, and... Um, I did research, too. You are correct. I just... Sometimes the things make really common sense to me, 
you know, like being grounded and all that for Earth. But then other things, I'm like, hmm, that's not what. If I was going to make things up, that wouldn't be what the one I would have. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons that we that we here at Lunar Magic Tea Time always say go with your gut, yeah, because your gut will guide you down your path in the best your way. Practice, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, deities and. Uh, but I'm just going to list a few. And um, most of these are from open practices. So do your research when you start working with deities. And that's just, I'll sidetrack this for just a second. Anytime you want to start working with a deity, make sure you do your research. Make sure you know who you're working with. Because if you start working with uh, a, a deity and asking that deity to to do services and to help you in things that are not their specialty, it's not going to go well for anybody. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some earth deities are going to be Gaia, Persephone, Ritu, who is a Hindu goddess, uh, Danu, Si, and Mat Zemla. And Mat Zemla, which I'm probably pronouncing incorrectly, is a, is a, um, Slavic deity. Uh, so the sorts of magic that are going to be really good for the types of spells that are going to be really good for earth magic are going to be anything regarding money, prosperity, abundance, but also things like fertility, stability, grounding. And those spells typically are going to be based around the actions of burying, planting, playing with dirt or sand in some way, um, I like playing with clay when I'm doing earth works. Um, and I just buy the cheapy, the cheapy sculpty clay um, and make my spells from that. You can always incorporate earth magic when you're planting your garden or through not magic. I love not magic. I was just remembering um, the time when we did it at the coast when we went through our retreat and I had it tied really tight and we went down to our spot on the beach and... It was there, and I looked down, and it was gone. So <laughs> we looked everywhere. It was nowhere to be found. What What is funny to me about that particular instance is that um, in that ritual, and it was a ritual, in that ritual, we fed someone to the fairy, and it wasn't enough that we gave them an offering of yeah, I guess they wanted the things we offered them, but they also wanted the bracelet, and they just came and took it. Yeah, like it was just like gone, and we weren't even walking around that much, so it wasn't like okay, we walked a mile. It could have been anywhere. It was there and it was gone. So. No, we didn't even walk all the way up where we normally walk. But in that case, the undoing of the knot and the leaving it behind was a releasing of the magic. That, yeah, that does make sense. So, so the next one we're going to cover is air. Air is the power of intellect and of flying and travel. And often when we talk about travel and magic, we're talking astral plane astral travel, so kind of out-of-body experiences, uh, traveling to the different sorts of realms that we experience as witches. Can you, um, um, I know we were going to talk about this, but it just made me think that you have astral traveled. Yes. Um, do you, trip and a half. Do you um, sit down with the intent, or you just, you're meditating and then you're traveling? Um, not the first time, the first time was completely accidental. I had been meditating that day. And just after my meditation, I, I decided that I was just going to just sit and kind of zone out for a minute because 
So there was no intent, there was no nothing. But the next thing I know, I'm actually visualizing events that are happening at a friend's house across town. And I thought, okay, that was weird, whatever that was. And uh, the friend and I had a conversation later and he was like, yeah, so what were you doing in the corner? Wow, so he actually saw you. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, And then after that, I tried it more actively, like it became a thing I tried to do actively. Um, I'm not terribly good, good at it. In part, I'm not terribly good at it because I'm not comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, it yeah, is yeah, not, with the fear. it isn't really magic I like messing with. Yeah. Um, I just, since we were talking about that, I thought you, it'd be nice for you to share that. Um, so places. Okay. So places for air magic are going to be where there's air. So anywhere you can do air magic. <laughs> Or you're in trouble one way or the other. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So uh, mountaintops, any place particularly windswept, but also because it is uh, the element of the intellect, things like libraries or schools. Um, Interesting. So the um, atmosphere of the school or library. Mm -hmm. Any place intellectual where, where activities of the intellect take place. So even offices would work. Um, the energy of air is very projective, so it's giving, it's kind of pushing away, and it's very elevating and lifting. Some ideas for your air altar might be, would be bright sunny colors, anything that feels light and, and fluffy, mm-hmm. you know, feathers, leaves, dandelion fluff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much with the air. Um, very light stones like pumice or mica. Fluorite would be great because it's so fragile. Mm-hmm. Tin and copper are very, very good metals for working with air. And air is associated with the east and the spring and very early morning. And I mean very early morning, like right when the sun is turning the sky from black to that dark, dark gray-blue. Um, the direction is east and uh, represents protection, focus, clarity, all of those things. Interesting. Um, What about deities or elementals? So some great deities are going to be Hera, Hathor, Sybil, Ain, and the Holy Ghost. And I know that most of you are going to be like, what? Yes. That's Christianity. But you know what? There are Christian witches out there and their practice is very equally as valid as anyone else's practice exactly my favorite is i think it's pronounced she which is usually taken as i sort of as fairy folk but it's also the old irish for wind and gusts or Borm, the celtic god of the winds that really makes me think of the air Mm, yes that's excellent the northern lights are excellent itself (laughs) yes Exactly. But that's a very air-based. Some types of spells that are really good for air work are going to be travel-based spells, um, spells for education, freedom and releasing, or knowledge-seeking spells. So again, the divination. A lot of those spells are going to involve tossing things into the air, like throwing them away from you. Oh. Or fanning things. Actually using a giant fan. Or just simple visualization visualization I went, oh man i don't know what it is with me in visualization um 
I get the swirling colors and flashes of what I call the Viewmaster flashes where I see a scene and it goes away. But I can't stay focused on it. And I swear something I read, reading a couple of different books, and one said it's a lot harder for left-sided brain people. I'm definitely uh-huh. a left person. Um, the only one time I saw, I told you I saw that huge, like 40 feet high castle door in this big stone building. And it freaked me out so much that I just popped right out of the vision. Like I guess even though things don't usually freak me out, that just, I got to learn to just go with the flow, I guess. I don't know. I'm working on it. <laughs> I have um, a number of different meditation techniques. And when we're ready to take that leap, uh, in our podcast work from, you know, sort of the basic education things so that our listeners have a good foundation to a more active, um, this, this is what we're going to do during this podcast and you can follow along. There's going to be some meditation techniques that we're going to go through. That's what I need. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, The next one is fire. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I work a lot with fire. Uh, fire is the power of purification. It is also the power of destruction. We need these things to make room for healthy lives. Fire is what makes us, our control over fire is kind of what makes us tool using humans. Yeah. Um, to connect with fire, just look at a candle flame or stare at a fire in the fireplace. Fire's energy is also very projective. It's very giving. Great places to practice fire magic are going to be high energy places like deserts, volcanoes, your oven, campfire. Who doesn't love a good campfire? Even just a simple candle. And I am a big advocate of the little battery-operated LED candles for practitioners who aren't able to have real candles like in a lot of dorms you can't have you can't burn candles the energy of a battery operated led candle is going to be the same because you're going to make it the same i've never thought of that because i have a lot of those from the holidays i um actually have a ton of them in my ghost hunting go bag because when we're when you're out ghost hunting you can't always have open flame in the places you go yeah and so i mean i have regular candles in my go bag too but i also have the led candles oh interesting i would have never thought for, for like we you know because it's summer here right now and i would not want to have an open flame out at a graveyard yeah that's i wouldn't want to put that risk yeah. so for your fire altar obviously candles um fiery red stones like jasper um, oh, Nancy. <laughs> Just got Jasper. Jasper <laughs> um, I was told it would help me um, meditate. Um, gold is the metal you're going to want for fire. Um, and always, and, and you know, the bright reds and oranges are going to be the colors you're going to want to use. Um, it makes sense. Uh, cinnamon is going to be a great herb to have uh, for that. Uh, so fire's direction is south. And it's season is summer. Uh, it's time of day is noon. I don't know why I didn't say that right off the bat. Some of the deities that you're going to want to work with or talk to are going to be Agni, Hephaestus, 
Pele, Brigid, and Vesta. Um, any magic work is going to be focused around protection, cleansing, sex, extra energy, or banishing negativity. And those spells are going, you're going to burn something. That's just the nature. You're just going to burn things. Um, but also storm magic. So harnessing the power of a storm and time magic, but also uh, just a warning, be very, very careful if you're going to start playing with time magic. It can get really, really weird and mess with your personal sense of time. Hmm. Um, I, I don't do time magic, but I know someone who does. And Time magic like going into the future or past or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of Altering... Like Altering perceptions of time, altering. Yeah, I um, When you're talking about burning spells, do you talk about um, like the time we wrote something on the basil and burnt it, or sage, or writing something down and then burning it? All of the above. Um, and when I talk about burning sage, I talk about burning my culinary sage that I grow and not yeah. white sage because that's endangered and not from my practice. But so typically when I do a fire spell, always, 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 always safety first, have water by your altar, just in case you never know. Typically with a lot of spells, uh, with a lot of fire-based spells, if it's candle magic, you're carving something into the candle or you're dressing the candle in oil mm -hmm. and herbs and things like that. And then just burning the candle like you would normally burn a candle. Okay. And we've done that. We've made the candles. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. And we will be walking you through. There will be an episode on candle magic. Do not fret. It's my favorite kind of magic. Yes. Um, favorite too. If you're going, my, my favorite beginner spell, and I give this spell to every person who comes to me for, for mentorship and says, I've never done a spell before. I don't know what to do. I'm very lost. Take a bay leaf. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> and write your intention on the bay leaf. And it does not need to be complex. It does not need to be difficult. If your intention is a fantastic sandwich for lunch, <laughs> that's your first spell. That's great. You burn the bay leaf and you're done. That's it. That's the spell. Now with the ashes, are you supposed to bury them or does it matter? Can you throw them away? For me, Personally, if it's a spell where I'm banishing something mm -hmm. and I, I, I bury the, those ashes because I don't want those ashes as a part of my work. Yeah. That makes right. Sense. I don't want, if I'm banishing it, I don't want it near me. I'll go but away. It's go kind away. of making a wish. Oh, I hope things turn yeah. around. Whatever for me, but if it's a more positive spell, like I want prosperity or I want that great sandwich. Yeah. I save those ashes and I mix those ashes in with regular old sea salt and make my black salt. Oh, okay. But, and I do, I do keep two different kinds of black salt on hand. I keep positive black salt. So the ashes of positive, happy spells. Mm -hmm. And then I have negative black salt, which is the ashes from banishing spells or less positive happy spells which is remember to label all your jars <laughs> don't use the wrong word so for the for the um black salt that you would use for to um put on your doorway to keep 
those shadow figures or whatever out of your house, which, which would you use? The negative, because the negative is going to create that barrier and be less inviting. The positive black salt is going to invite things to your house. Okay, perfect. Because it's, the po- you know, whereas the, the less positive is just going to be like, go away, go away. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So the next one, water. Water. And uh, this is Nancy's favorite element of all time. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I was some kind of water creature in a past life because I'm the happiest in or by the water. Uh, oh, and we're going to have to have a conversation about the Kelpies in Frozen 2. Um, yes. Water, <laughs> water is super cleansing and healing. Um, it's the energy of psychic. It's psychic energy. Uh, it's conductive. We, we need it to survive. We need water more than we need food. Yeah. Water, water is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's receptive and it's healing. That's why like when people are stressed or whatever. You take a bath, you take a hot mm-hmm. bath. Here. Places you're going to want to connect with water are where there's water. So oceans, streams, your bathtub, rainstorms, waterfalls, waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of, um, Water magic is simply the ocean or a thunderstorm where it's just pouring rain because the, the electricity and the storm and the rain. So the great thing about a thunderstorm is depending on where you see where you're wanting to witness a thunderstorm, you can hit all those elements. Yeah. If you're outside, you're connecting with the earth yeah. while the air is just literally writhing with energy. Lightning is absolutely firepower yeah. and the rain is water yeah so, a vision a wizard or whatever in the thunderstorm and lightning and <laughs> doing it's all it's all four elements mm-hmm. all four you know planet side elements if you will so altar items are going to be blue stones river rocks would be great amethyst is always lovely as a general rule um a cup because it holds the water. Silver or copper are going to be your metals. The colors of blue and teals and the water colors. Your entire room. My entire yes. room is the water. <laughs> um, water is associated with autumn, with dusk, the west, and your sense of taste. See here now, to me, water would be summer because when I think of summer, it's all water related. Yeah. I'm just, maybe yeah. I'm in a different dimension. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. and Colors and everything are totally me, but like, I'm all done. Hmm. We say this all the time, that your magic is your magic, and whatever is going to work the best for you is going to be, and we're just trying to tap people into ideas. We want oh, you yeah. to spin off what we're, you know. This is a way of telling people, too, you know, these are generalizations, and if you just associate that with something else, that, that's fine. Exactly. So some deities are going to be Osiris, Tiamat, Danu, and Poseidon. Poseidon makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. What kind of uh, magic would you do with water? Uh, any healing magic, any psychic energy magic, purification um, and cleansing magic are great for that. That's why we tell people, you know, before a big ritual, you're going to want to take a cleansing bath. 
if you do ritual magic. And that it's going to involve, the style of magic is going to involve dipping things into water, sealing things into water in some cases, um, anything cleansing or diluting, that sort of thing. Would you consider your like freezing spells? Would those be water? Like when you cover it in water and freeze it? Yes. Interesting. And dilution, what is that? Um, so I, it, it's sort of the concept of taking one aspect and, and diluting it. So if you took a lot of slippery elm for um, prosperity, instead of burning it for prosperity, you would dilute it in water and drink it for prosperity. Oh, I see. Okay. And the last one that is spirit, which right now I'm really drawn into this. Um, spirit is the fifth element. Uh, it's the element created when the elements of air, earth, fire, and water all exist in perfect harmony. It's central to our being. It's who we are. It, what, it's the spark from which we take life. That. that. Um, when there's it's the Akashic forces and the Akashic records. Spirit is the bridge between the physical and the, and the spiritual or the metaphysical. And it is all time and no time. Yeah, it's not linear like our physical world. I really am super interested in Akashic records and I'm going to be doing lots of research on it so we can do a show on it. Maybe we could even get a guest. Let's see. Yeah, I'm working on a guest. So places I have somebody I would love for uh, would love to join us uh, so yeah, Miss Edward, um, it'll be a good show to bring in the guest yeah um, I'm actually supposed to talk to her tomorrow about that great since it's spirit everywhere everywhere universe and beyond everywhere literally um, I've started playing uh, with some cosmic magic I have felt more connected to spirit when I've been doing that and it's been very interesting. Um, it's very cool. But it's still such a new little child of my work that I don't want to get too deep into it because I kind of want to see where else it's going to go. Yeah. Before I start sharing too much, because but it's a it's it's been it's been a ride. It's been a ride. Um, for your altar, the traditional craft is often just a cauldron representing. Um, that unity and that concept of creation, um, certainly in the Celtic mythos, the cauldron is is where spirit unites with all the other um, elements and creates. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm probably not pronouncing this right. Um, is it Awen? Awen? Like the beginning of cauldron is supposed to be the way to communicate to that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole show in itself. Just that. Oh, yeah. That existed before anything. That just. What else could you use? A mirror or a crystal ball, an image of a god or goddess, pictures of ancestors, uh, butterflies are representative of spirit. Anything that you connect with that higher sort of sense, that sense of the thing that is outside of you. Yeah, kind of. Um, when I was thinking about butterflies, it made me think of hummingbirds. You said a candle, and then um, where would you put that on your altar? 
Um, typically they go in the center. Anything that represents spirit will go in the center of your altar, typically inside a circle. Um, when I say a circle, I mean something akin to a witch's shield, which is just a flat disc of wood, often painted with symbols of that specific witch. There will be an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just reading about that. I'm like, I said, I'm like, we need shields. Um, <laughs> Look at that balsam wood. <laughs> actually, I helped a friend um, create their own personal witch's shield, and we just drew it with markers on paper because that's what they had access to. You know, it just um, in a line play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could carve it, and you could put crystals in it, and. Now, typically that's the pentagram or pentacle that you're setting it on. Yeah. But that's, um, and spirit is the direct center. There is no direction for spirit. Yeah. And there's no real official quote, unquote, deities of spirit. Um, All deities connect us to a higher spirit. You can tap into some of the angels. Mm Mm-hmm removing any Christian connotation. The root word is Anglos, meaning messenger, and angels are meant to be messengers in Christian theology. Yeah. Uh, angels were meant to, meant to be messengers between God and humans. Like they're that neat middle ground. Yeah. Um, so if you are a Christian witch and want to start working more deeply with spirit types of things, connect with some, some angels. Everybody could have a different definition of what an angel in their life is anyway so magic psychic development protection divinity and your higher self definitely think in terms of opening up that third eye which is so funny yeah you know i'm i'm very um i guess you could say i'm flighty in my magic like oh Candle magic, that's really cool. Oh, look over here. Not magic. Oh, man. <laughs> Akasha Records. <laughs> what happens when you're a newbie? Like, everything excites you, and then you're off to reading another book. Yes. Um, and so, you know, in summary, we do integrate the elements into all of our magical work in some way. And one of the goals of this podcast has always been and will always be to help us kind of realize that a magical life is a life led with intention and focus. And when we can see the connections of the web of our lives, then our magic will become more and more and more and more successful. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, Just look up Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. Be sure to leave a like and a review. Uh, I am doing YouTube uh, tarot readings every twice a week, every week over on, like I said, YouTube. Just look up Lunar Magic Tea Time and you'll see this mug. Um, you can find merch at Teespring. Just look up Lunar Magic Tea Time and have a magical day.